I am also going. Boom. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's good to uh, good to talk to you. Likewise. Do you have a did you have a nice Christmas? Are you I should say are you having a nice Christmas? I am having a, an extremely busy Christmas, like mm. more than uh, other years for sure. More than you would have hoped for. Uh, a little bit. But uh, you did uh, you did say yes to a wedding, did you not? I did. Yeah, wedding. Although, I mean, um, that's that's hard cuz how could you say no to a wedding? Right. Right. Yeah. It's a New Year's Day wedding. Wow. Yeah. I have not really. This is the closest I've ever come to a New Year's Day wedding. Is hearing is, that you is hearing, hearing that you're someone. doing one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Yep. Feast of the Holy Name. Is that the collect for the wedding? Uh, no, I'm 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 using the propers for the wedding. Uh, right. That sounds proper and right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. But I hope you have some really like good holy name wedding jokes ready to go for your sermon you know i haven't even written my sermon yet well you got time i've got minutes <laughs> well i'm david and i'm an organist and i'm ian and i'm a priest and this is all things right and musical could do to celebrate the season uh-huh is we could uh talk about our top five christmas hymns from the hymnal 1982 what are your what are your top five picks so who wants to start i think you should start <laughs> okay <laughs> so coming in at number five is number 98 unto us a boy is born and um this is uh this is a great carol um that happens to be in the hymnal um, and there's a nice little there's a nice little accompaniment of it in the hymnal. Um, it's probably better known in the arrangement by David Wilcox uh, that's often sung at King's College, Cambridge. And when it's sung at King's, it's sung as a hymn, also. Um, but it's just a it's just a wonderful, accessible melody. Um, I love the words. Um, it just it feels to me it feels very very Christmassy, and um, it's my it's my number five pick my number five and it's probably a distant five i think i have a top four and a fifth that i sort of add right uh would be god rest ye merry gentlemen nice i you know there's something this is sort of a theme uh for my christmas hymns but there's something really comforting about a a a refrain Mm -hmm. for christmas hymn um, you know, Christmas is one of those few times where the churches are all full or as close as they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes with people who don't necessarily know the hymns that well, uh, unless it's one of the really familiar ones. And so one that has a, has a refrain means even like, even the kids, like my son, who's five, who just turned five was singing the refrains of Christmas hymns this year, you know? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, the refrain is a big part of the carol form. Yeah. They don't all have them, but enough of them do that it feels, you know, really key to the, to the architecture of like the Christmas music making. Yeah. 
Cool. No, I'm I'm a big fan of that one, as you shall as you shall soon see. <laughs> right on. All right, so for my number four, um, I chose uh, number 92, On This Day, Earth Shall Ring. Huh. And that one has a refrain also. Uh, the refrain starts in Latin, Ideo, O, O, that repeated O. But I love that thing. And um, I tell you, there's there's not much better than being an organist and getting to play that. You have that seven-note introduction in the pedal, and then you have that descending descant thing um, that kind of mirrors the introduction, those descending parallel fourths. Um, it's just just a totally unmistakable hymn. It's just a blast to sing. It's a blast to play. Um, and I really love it. Right on. It's It comes from um, Finland, actually. That collection of carols is from the 16th century, I believe, and is um, was originally published in Finland. P.I. Cantiones? That's the one. I did not know that was Finnish. Yeah. I think I think so. I, I uh, looked this up n- not too long ago. It was published near Nyland in Finland, huh. and Nyland is another name of a hymn tune in huh. the hymn and the hymnal. So there you go, another connection. Yeah. For number four, I have a, an old standby, "Joy to the World." Oh yeah, yeah. Not so. I mean, I I want to hear what you have to say about it, but um. I hasten to point out that uh, in our previous hymnal, it was not in the Christmas section. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And uh, this was our hymnal the first time it's ever been considered a Christmas hymn? No, I don't think so. But I'm, the 1982 hymnal was the first Episcopal hymnal uh-huh. to, have it, uh, to have it grouped with the Christmas hymns. Gotcha. It's number 100. Uh, it's just one of those, again, that I feel like everybody... Um, Everybody really knows, and while it doesn't exactly have a refrain, it's got that repeated phrase that's mm-hmm. just really, you can really wail on. Yeah, because you, you know how that goes, and you just apply the words to it each time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That is fun. Yep. All right, so, so let me ask you um, your opinion on, on how that should be sung. Do you think you should stick to the literal music in the book, or should the organist put a fermata there at that spot where everybody wants to pause? Let Earth receive her king. Dum ba dum ba dum ba da dum. Yeah, I you know I don't have a strong preference. I think I think you you are going to be fighting against the grain if you try and keep that one to a what is it a dotted quarter? Dotted quarter note. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably an uphill battle in most congregations, I would imagine. Uh, or maybe, but the organist always wins it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But then every everybody sounds like they're behind. Yeah, only on the first stanza. After that, they after yeah. that they figure out what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Um. Number three, I put down O Little Town of Bethlehem, and I should clarify that I mean hymn 78, 
mm-hmm. uh, to the tune Forest Green. Of course you do. I don't really care for the sappiness that is St. Louis. And I I, I have a, a good friend on Twitter who has a slogan about that where he says, American tunes for American carols. And these are these are very proudly American words. Phillips Brooks was a, an American and he was the rector at Trinity Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. Um, was he rector when he wrote these words or, or maybe it was shortly after um, but the the tune that his organist came up with uh, is not quite to my taste and I actually do prefer it to the to the more English way of singing which is hymn 78 mm-hmm. and the Vaughn, the Vaughn Williams tune Forest Green yeah it's it's interesting it's my experience that every or I should say virtually every, because I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but it seems like musicians all prefer Forest Green. Mm-hmm. And m- not all, but a lot of pr- parishioners prefer St. Louis, just because it's the version you hear everywhere else. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's a, it's a conflict now. And I think you, have, you do have a division between um, choirs. I mean, this is oversimplifying it, but I think between choirs, by and large, who would rather sing Forest Green and I don't know I think I think people in the pews are probably pl- pretty split um, one one anecdote that I have is someone's daughter who was uh, visiting her from out of town and she had never heard Forest Green before so you know her reaction to that hymn was why did why did you all ruin that hymn with a different <laughs> tune <laughs> just yep. complete completely did not understand why that was done um, but even you know e- even living in St. Louis which I now do I assumed that you know the St. Louis tune would be would be sort of exciting uh, for people to sing in their hometown, and no, I was I was very quickly disabused of that notion by the choir. Why? Why did you <laughs> sing? Why did you put that down? We don't want to sing that. <laughs> and the, the the hymn tune name is actually kind of funny because it's uh, it's not named after the city or the saint at all. It's named after the organist who is Louis Redner, L U W I S. And there was a little play on words by by calling the tune St. Louis, L-O-U-I-S, sort of as a nod to him, hmm. um, e- even though with a different spelling. Hmm. There you have it. Did not know that. What do you have for number three? I have O Come All Ye Faithful. Number Hymn number 83 in the hymnal. Number 83. Uh, that's, a, for- that's a good one. It is, and I like it for a few different reasons. I like the um, uh, I like the refrain. There's something about it, like the um, "O come, let us adore Him." Like going from the half on the second second uh, syllable of "adore," the half note to the quarter note on "Him." Mm-hmm. Just there, I I don't know. It it does something to my uh, to my pulse. Hmm. Uh, I don't care that we sing it most of the time as I mean like what place does not sing this as the as the processional hymn on Christmas Eve even right. though it says yea lord we greet thee born this happy morning. Right. But it also it's one of the few places maybe the only place in which one of the stanzas is is a paraphrase of the Nicene Creed. This is pretty explicit. God mm-hmm. from God light from light eternal. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. So that's the that's also the Tadeum. Yeah. Um, that that particular phrase. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a very it's a very um, wide ranging hymn and and where it gets its uh, phraseology. Yeah.
so my number two uh, for this year, I didn't pick any. I didn't pick any um, kind of standard golden oldies. Uh, I do like those, but when it when it came down to make my list, I thought that really for me this year, just kind of as a, as a, as a snapshot of my preferences, um, there are some other ones that made the list. So my number two is actually "What Child Is This," hmm. uh, hymn number one fifteen. It's just a perfect little compact hymn. It's three stanzas. It's a lovely folk melody that everybody knows. You can't argue with it. It's actually um, it's actually one of three hymns on my list that's an E minor. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a recurring it's a recurring key for me this year. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess with a lot of these carols. Um, but I really do. Yeah, I really do love this hymn, and I especially love the turn toward Epiphany at the end of it. So I think it works, you know, it works all the way through the Christmas season. It also works into the Epiphany season. Um, and I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's uh, it's not one of my favorites, but it does have one of the one of the motifs in uh, Christmas hymnody and nativity scenes that I absolutely love, which is uh, the ox and ass. Yes. Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Do you know where that comes from? Oh, I don't think I do. It comes from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. Wow. How about that? The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. So this is a, a prophetic vision Isaiah has where Israel has abandoned God, at least at this particular moment in its history, when even the ox and the ass know its its owner and its master's crib. So um, when you see an ox and ass around a manger mm-hmm. that is their master's crib, that's where that comes from. That's, an, that's interesting. Because um, that turn of phrase appears in a number of carols. It does. Um, it does. Is it also in the bleak midwinter? I'm trying to remember... Uh, one of the other ones that we've sung this year. Uh, what's the one that has the refrain, Christ is born today, ox and uh, ass before him bow, and he is in a manger now. Christ oh, is born today. Oh, in, in Dolce Ubelo. So that's that's him 107, Good Christian Men Rejoice. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Or a Good Christian Friends Rejoice. Is that how it appears in the hymnal? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's in the in the first stanza, ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Yeah. Right. I love that because it's like in you know in the standard nativity scene that you can buy that's what you have right Uh, and it's and it features in a few different christmas hymns and yet it's often totally unexamined we just figure they're part of the scenery i did well it's funny how those nativity scenes are stitched together from all the gospels and apparently from the first chapter of isaiah which i did not i did not realize until this conversation so thank you (laughs) you bet Glad to help. For number two, I have... So mine are all old standbys, um, as you may have noticed. But number two for me... And one and two, it goes back and forth. And this year, this year, what's normally my number one is my number two, for reasons I'll explain in a minute. But my number two this year is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Can't argue with that. You You cannot go wrong with Charles Wesley. Mm-hmm. The man does not write terrible lyrics, <laughs> no, um, he doesn't. <laughs> and it's just a it's just a really really good hymn. Peace and peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Yeah, so good. What what more needs to be said? Yeah, 
Yeah, and and so that one in your previous your previous section both conclude the festival of nine lessons and carols at King's. You know, that immediately after the ninth lesson, you sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. And at the very end of the service, you sing, Hark the herald angels sing. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would argue that the words are correct in the version that's sung in the UK uh, in, at King's at that service. And that somehow we get this last two stanzas very seriously garbled in our book. Uh-huh. Everything is everything is kind of a jumble. I've heard that that R three should be two and vice versa, or something like that. I think actually the the internal contents of the of the verses are also switched. It's very peculiar. Hmm. I thought you were gonna say uh, that we should be singing "Hark How All the Welkin Rings." <laughs> I'm it's not even I am all, that old fashioned. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was his original uh, first line for that hymn. It's true. My number one pick this year is that classic hymn in E minor that you've already mentioned God rest ye merry gentlemen uh-huh. it's just it's just a very sturdy tune and like you mentioned the refrain everybody loves the refrain and um, it becomes even more powerful I think when you conclude it with that David Wilcox descant in three parts uh, for altos and divided sopranos um, just a, a really thrilling Christmas hymn to sing nice all right. Well, my number one this year, at least, it would always probably make my top five, but but this is the first year it appears at number one, is Angels We Have Heard on High. And it is 100% because my son has taken to it like you would not believe. Yeah, with that refrain. Yeah, and sings the heck out of it. I believe it. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's just, I mean, it's great anyway. Like, it's a tremendously fun thing to sing, that refrain, you know? That refrain is just, it's just powerful. And it's like, it, I don't know, there's, there's, there is a childish sense of glee that I get anytime I'm singing that refrain. Because you can't, like, you can't be mad and sing it, you know? No, I mean that that musical figure is very much over the top. Like the the sheer amount of notes that you have on that single slur, yeah, um, which I believe is sixteen. Um, so I actually have a running contest with my choristers, my young choristers, to try to find a slur that's longer than that. Yeah, and every year I issue this challenge, and the prize is twenty dollars. Uh huh. So so everybody's really incentivized to to find something longer than that. Yeah. And and I I have had a couple winners. Um, one one chorister actually found a slur longer than that in the hymnal, which I which I agreed was was longer. It's in the, it's in the service music section. So good luck. Oh uh, good, yeah. Good luck hunting. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, that kind of came out of left field and surprised me. But yeah. Yeah. Seriously, in in at least in the hymn repertoire, there's there's nothing else like that. It's a it's a wonderful celebratory thing to sing. Yeah. And so, one of the few Latin phrases we still 
really sing in in uh, non-Catholic hymnody, in Protestant hymnody. Right. You, you mentioned another one, that Ideo refrain, but mm-hmm. uh, but this is this is one of them too. Well, yeah, and and the the words of the hymns and carols at this time of year are very old-fashioned, and there's that that macaronic um, stripe to a lot of the a lot of the texts, which means that they freely mix. Um, English and other languages, chiefly Latin, but occasionally also French. So yeah. I mean, that's that's something that happens. And it's really fascinating because in the grand scheme of things, most of our Christmas hymns are not as old as some of the other hymns that we have. Hmm. Or maybe not most, but I mean, a lot of them are are relatively recent. Like a lot of them are 18th, 19th century um, some of them go back a little bit further, but it's it's rare that we have anything before like the 10th or 11th century. Right. Well, it, it is a really neat mix of things, isn't it? Because like you say, there's some 19th, 20th century things in there. And then there's some really old, old texts in there, like the um, On This Day, kind of back to the 16th century, mm-hmm. um, On This Day Earth Shall Ring. So yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a, a good it's a good season of the year with with uh, music and words that run the gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll be back together soon. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to you, our listeners. That's right, and and feel free to tell us uh, that our opinions here are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I anticipate plenty of people coming forward and saying uh, once in Royals, once in Royal David City. Uh huh. That would be um, one. Lowhower Rosair blooming, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think a lot of church musicians are going to tell us that um, a stable lamp is lighted. Oh yeah, yeah. Should have that should have been included. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Love came down at Christmas. Silent night. Do you think anybody's going to say that? I I I don't know. That's <laughs> so. This is it, it. It is so weird to me that this is you know like the Advent wreath. The Silent Night is one of the most recent traditions we have. Like, it is not an old hymn at all. And yet, if you, if you dare to try and disallow the practice of dimming the lights and singing Silent Night by candlelight following communion at Christmas Eve, you will be, you will be run out of town on a rail. Actually, at our parish, uh, that was something that we only instituted a few years ago. It has not been had not been done in the in the parish's 150 year history. Yeah. Well, and now it's never going to be gotten rid of. That's right. Now it's something we've always done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>